Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome back, Brewer fans and fans of the Brew Crew Review. Um, the 2021 season is just about upon us. The Brewers are making their final roster moves, and we're here to talk about them. With my good friends Vince and Scott. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Living Greg. the dream. Yeah. Awesome, we have awesome. uh, is Chad on is, is Chad on tonight or no? Uh, uh I think he's helping get uh children. Keep an eye on the waiting room here on the Zoom thing. I'm he's usually stuck in there for a little bit. Yeah, the inter- the interns will handle that, but uh okay. All right. So as the spring train run uh winding down here, um Regular season is almost upon us. It's pretty exciting stuff. Um, I guess not all the final roster moves are are official yet, but uh, we'll talk about some of the some of the guys that surprisingly did make the team, and some of them who got sent to the minors, and some of them went to the IL. We'll talk about all that. But uh, let's actually start off by a little piece of rotation news. Um, Freddie Peralta has been named to the rotation, and. Surprisingly, Josh Lindblom has been sent to the bullpen over Adrian Hauser. Um, what are your guys' overall thoughts on all those uh, moves, those three moves? Well, not only that, Craig, but uh, it looks like Hauser, Council said that Hauser is going to be our three starter uh, this year. So he's, he's going to line up uh, third in that rotation behind Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Um, you know, interesting. I, I didn't expect that. I thought that Hauser had a chance to make the rotation, but certainly didn't expect him to be uh, named the number three starter. I mean, part of that is just semantics. You've got, you know, five pitchers who start games for you as a team. Um, but interesting that he's going to take the ball every three days or every uh, third time through the rotation, I guess. Um, I, I'm really glad, though, and excited about Freddie Peralta. I, we've talked a lot on this podcast about, um, for all the skill sets and, and his talent level. And I think that, you know, he really does deserve uh, a chance to start. He's still a young guy. I think that he's got uh, a, a ton of upside. And I think that um, it'll be really exciting to see what he can do here in a full season, hopefully, uh, in the rotation in 2021. Scott? Yeah, I guess when you look between Hauser and Lindblom especially, um, I mean, Hauser has more upside um, hasn't necessarily shown it yet, just maybe a couple of flashes here and there. Um, but, you know, he's obviously younger. It's a good opportunity for him to see what he has. And it doesn't mean these are set in stone. I mean, obviously, that's what it, that's what we're going out as now. But um, who knows what's, you know, what's in store. Uh, Peralta, good opportunity for him, obviously. Um, it's I, I know Craig is a huge Freddie Peralta fan, and I know. So I'll, I don't want to steal too much of that. But, um yeah, I don't know. I mean, other than that, not not really any big surprises. I mean, we got through spring relatively healthy, so it's not a bad thing. Yeah. No, and that's exciting. But Craig, Craig's also a big fan of Anderson as well. And, it, you know, Anderson is still the four-starter, I guess, ahead of Peralta. So that would be interesting. But uh, Freddie, was, it seems like he's been working on a, a, a new pitch, right, Scott? Is that accurate? I don't know. <laughs> he's actually got like four of them. He used to be called fastball Freddy, but I think we're gonna change it to four pitch Freddy. We're not we're not sure <laughs> what four pitches they are, but we think he has at least four. 
<laughs> I'm sure the Brewers Lab is doing a number of things. If we had press passes again, Craig, we could have found that out. But just FYI. yeah, absolutely. No, but I mean, yeah. if you look at Peralta's numbers throughout the spring, I mean, he's and even last year he was phenomenal in the bullpen, striking out like I don't know twelve batters per nine innings or something like that. And he's kind of kept that same rate through spring training, and he's really limited the, the hard contact and all that stuff. So um, I, it's pretty exciting. I, I, you know, they've been kind of messing with him back and forth, and he signed that kind of team-friendly contract extension with us, uh, I think, a year and a half ago or so. And, you know, he'd been valuable wherever we use him. But I, I really think he has a chance to shine in the rotation, and hopefully he gets a long leash there um, and, and he succeeds. And I really think he's, he's set to break out this year. Um, it wasn't totally – it was a little bit surprising to me that Limblum, when he, you know, signed that three-year deal come over from Korea, Korea, uh, I, I think that he had an opportunity to sign with a couple other teams. I think the Brewers may have kind of, like, promised him some rotation uh, opportunities, and he did have that but it, last year, but it was in, obviously, a COVID-shortened season. So um, he's probably a little bit disappointed going to the pen, but he had most of his other major league work – uh, prior to going over the career, was in the bullpen, and so I think he's got he can do fine there, especially as a long man, swing man, or rotation depth. So I, I like that move actually over Hauser, Hauser with some more opportunity in the rotation, even though he did struggle there last year. Um, he does he does a kind of a really good ground ball pitcher, so I think the added you know defense up the middle with you know, even Jackie Bradley and obviously Colton Wong at second baseman are, are really going to help a guy like Hauser. Um, he was kind of the victim of the long ball a little bit last year. And not only that, but he really gets murdered by lefties. So hopefully we, you know, he gets to face some right-handed static lineups. But uh, overall, I think he, he can be adequate, um, definitely in the rotation. But like, like you guys mentioned, I really am the most excited about Peralta beyond our top two guys. Um, so I don't know. I'm pretty more optimistic about a rotation than we're, you know, thinking we'd sign someone more decent than um, Brett Anderson during the off season. But uh, if he's going to be a fourth or fifth starter, I think he's serviceable there. Um, especially knowing. Craig, that's the nicest thing about Anderson you've ever said. I, I, but yeah. I do want to. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it was awesome. We got uh, it on yeah, tape I mean, too. Serviceable. I know. Well, I know in pre-production. We use that. Love them. I yeah, also one time told, I told Scott he was serviceable too. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, so Craig, serious question now, talking about Peralta, where do you think he's going to end up? Um, you know, obviously he's a, he's a younger guy, but where do you think his ceiling really is? You know, when you're talking about Woodruff and Burns, you're talking about guys who have now had, you know, a decent amount of success in the big leagues. And I think that especially for a guy like Corbin, that's continuing to build, but where do you think that Freddie could end up? Um, I mean, I think he has a pretty high know, compared ceiling. To, compared to those um, two guys. Personally, I think he has, you know, I, I guess I'll just throw out there, and I, I don't know, this doesn't mean too much, but like a number two starter ceiling. Um, maybe not like a true elite ace or anything, but I really do think, I mean, a guy he kind of reminds me of maybe uh, when he was successful in the rotation for the Cardinals is Carlos Martinez, and he's been bopping around between the uh, rotation and the yeah. two. But, I mean, he was almost at our all-star level when he was a starter for a couple of seasons. So I think he could be that, and who knows how long of a career can have or anything. But I really think he can figure it out, um, and he really has some great swing and miss stuff. So definitely excited that there, he'd be given the opportunity going in this season. Um, and, uh, yeah, so um, let's see what else. Well, Devin Williams finally got healthy and got into some spring action, so that's pretty exciting because I think he 
everyone wants to see what he's going to do to follow up his awesome rookie of the year and reliever of the year season in a very shortened 2020 year. But still, nonetheless, uh, what a phenomenal back of the bullpen arm we have there. Obviously, Josh Hader's still on the team. So uh, pretty excited. And, and obviously, adding guys like Wong and Jackie Bradley really makes this a lot better than it was last year. Um, I think that the, we left a couple of question marks on the left side of the infield in particular, but I think they're really banking on Louis Urias to do something and possibly secure the shorts, the starting shortstop role. I don't know. Right I don't know, Craig. I, I, no, I just, I totally disagree. I think, I think that the team is really looking at Arcia as being our starting shortstop, and that uh, Urias is going to be a kind of a backup infielder, a guy who can rotate to a few different positions. I don't know. It just, it just seems like that was certainly what I took from Craig Council's comments and. Um, I know that our colleague Tom Hodricourt misses a lot of stories, but um, I know that he had interviewed Craig about this just in the last couple of days as well. <laughs> like a Bill Hall super sub? Is that what we're saying? Well, I'm just saying that he's a guy that really hasn't solidified his role as a starter yet. He had actually kind of a rough spring training, uh, and I don't think the spring training stats matter at all, to be honest. But um, it just seems like Arcia coming off, you know, Again, not a great season in 2020, but the best offensive year of any Brewers player in 2020. Um, it's kind of earned that right to start the year at shortstop, and I think that he's going to get the starting nod and that Urias is going to be the back infielder. That could be um, to start off the year, but I do think I'd be willing to place pretty good money that by the all-star break, Urias will be the starting shortstop. But there, there's more factoring into that statement. Obviously, if Shaw falls on his face, he could also become a starter at third. I guess my main point is they want to get – uh, him a ton of at-bats this year somewhere, starting at-bats, basically, you know, um, somewhere just because they want to know what they have in him. Um, obviously, they gave up quite a bit to, to get him out. So I think they really believed in him before they made that acquisition and, and envisioned him as a shortstop of the future. So whether or not, you know, that time is now or not, I don't know. But uh, I, I do think he's – I think there was some danger halfway through spring training that he may not have even made the uh, – 26 man opening day roster to be quite honest with you and maybe got his you know got the first couple of weeks or whatnot down at AAA to get his feeding under him but he did return finally and get some good at bats in the last couple of weeks here of spring training so I do think I think it's already been decided he will um, you know head north with the team so to speak um, but we'll see yeah like you said Orlando I think has earned that right to start off the year as starting shortstop but uh, we'll see I think I think that the between third and short between those three players, they'll be they'll have to you know, bat bats, and I'd be willing to, to bet that over the course of the season, Orlando gets way more at bats uh, than like Travis Shaw overall. But I mean, we'll see. I guess um, it should be interesting. But but you know, there's, it's to have both those positions a little bit unsettled, but with some depth is um, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but we shall see. Yeah, that should be interesting. Actually, um, I guess we should at least mention Jordan Zimmerman did not make the team. Um, you know, Wisconsin native got a shot. Hopefully, you know, he was a good influence. In the I, I believe they did. He there. did re He got re-signed. He did? That sent back to yeah, the AAA. So. Yeah, didn't you get the wow. – aren't you on the group text with our anonymous source, Tom Carter? <laughs> CC wants to go by. Um Oh, here it is. Oh, my God. Breaking. I finally broke something. 
No, that's not it. <laughs> but Apparently, no, anyway, and Brad Boxberger also didn't make the, make the, the opening day yeah. pen either, but I think he also re-signed a minor league deal, so those guys he did. at AAA is kind of depth. Um, also, um, Justin Topa, I believe, is starting the year on the IL, um, and um, also Derek Fisher, who we acquired over the offseason, too, from the Blue Days outfielder, who was probably going to end up being our possibly in running for a fifth outfielder spot, will also start on the IL. And so what that means, some of the guys that were on the fringes that did make the team then uh, on the offensive side, it looks like we're probably going to carry an opening day 14 offense or 14 hitters, 12 pitchers, I believe. Um, and that's yep. and Vogelback did make the rosters, oh, surprisingly to me. And also Billy McKinney um, also made it all, as basically our fifth outfield. It, so. This this screams of uh, David Stearns, you know, keeping keeping guys in the uh, organizational fold. I have no idea what him and Craig Council uh, told guys like Jordan Zimmerman, and uh, but it, it's funny that you know guys are willing to essentially um, forego some of the clauses that they had in their contracts when they initially signed with the Brewers, uh, get released, and then just quickly resign again uh, with the Milwaukee organization and stay in the fold in uh, AAA. Um, with with Milwaukee so pretty exciting that we're going to have this kind of depth I think yeah and, and a lot of those guys are you know I, I think that they probably knew that there wasn't too much interest from other clubs at this point of spring training I mean they could have had a chance but they they must have been told something good from the from the front office of the Brewers to say like you know if they stick around triple a you'll be up for a sign of trouble or injury or whatnot um, and so that depth is always nice. So it's a good thing that those guys did resign because you'd like to have some veterans like that to be able to call upon. Uh, with that being said, obviously there's some questions whether or not those guys are kind of at nearing the end of their career, especially Zimmerman. Um, but, you know, being a Wisconsin native, it's kind of cool to still have them in our system. So that's awesome. Um, Craig, you would also be only the uh, fifth guy ever to play for the Brewers with the last name of Z. Oh, yeah. Scott, can you name the other, can you name the other guys? I'm sorry, what was the question? Can you name the four guys with the letter uh, Z to play for the Brewers? Uh, letter Z. Hmm. Craig. I don't know. Okay, Craig? Nope. <laughs> guys, we interviewed we interviewed one of them, Pete Zocalillo. Uh, oh, um, Tim Dillard. That guy. Okay. Damn it, Scott. No, uh, guys, quick. Greg Zahn, Mike Zagurski, and Eddie Zowski. All right, go ahead. Wow. Very memorable. But um, I can't any, believe I forgot all of them. <laughs> was there any kind of surprises for you guys as far as like, the final <clears throat> roster and who, who made it, who didn't type of thing? I was a little surprised Eric Lauer didn't make it. I, I mean, if we traded for him and the trade so far hasn't really – gone in our favor I guess you could say but you know the jury's still out on that but I, I somehow expected that he'd have but he couldn't get more of a shot. Though, so that was one of the requirements well I mean that is one of the unfortunate things with you know but I mean somebody told me that spring training doesn't really matter so maybe he was just <laughs> working on something I don't know yeah but I'd no, like to think he, that he definitely is wait wait Scott was that me who said that 
I think so. Like early on the podcast, I was trying to do a callback, but maybe it was too vague. No, I, I, I definitely said that. Yeah, I don't think it oh. does. Oh. But yeah, okay, I don't know. So I guess he, I just I expected that he was going to make it. Um, you know, going like before the start of spring training, I thought, yeah, yeah, he'll make it, and it didn't happen. So. Well, I, I think that he, you know, he has options. So sending him to AAA, I think, was. An actual option <laughs> because uh, he can work on he can get regular starts there and, and a little bit lower and kind of get himself on track. But I think he's definitely there uh, for depth and probably ahead on the depth start of Bo Jordan Zimmerman or whatnot, depending on how he's doing, obviously. But um, to me, D- Dan Vogelback was the one that I really was like, okay, well, this guy is basically a DH left handed hitter, knows how to get on base. But, I mean, he only had, like, 67 at-bats as a Brewer in 2020, and he obviously did pretty well. But, I mean, beyond that, he was pretty bad wherever he was uh, outside of a few years ago for the Mariners. So, I was a little bit surprised uh, that he made this team when I don't see how he, you know, how, how he can really have a path to at-bats. I mean, how many interleague games do we have where we need a DH? Because, yeah. obviously, with Hira at first base – he wouldn't get more than a couple days off a month for Vogelback to get in there as a start. So, I mean, he's literally going to be like a bench off the bat. Uh, I, I mean, a bat off the bench, I should say. And to me, it was kind of surprising that he made the team, obviously, without the DH. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, he is a left-handed power threat off the bench. I think that that's a really valuable tool for great counsel to have. I, I don't think he's going to get, you know, a ton of starts. Uh, I will say that. But I do think he's going to find his way to – you know, getting into many games, uh, at least in that role off the bench. Um, he was an all-star in 2019, Craig. I mean, just to throw that out there, I know you mentioned his time in Seattle, but, um, you know, he had an awful second half in 2019, but he still was an all-star that season because of a great first half. So um, I think Miller Park is, or sorry, American Family Field is a great place for him uh, in many ways. And that, that kind of came, came true last year and his limited time in Milwaukee and, and we'll see how long it lasts, too. But I think that he could be a really good left-handed bat off the bench. Yeah, why not? Take a flyer, see what happens. I mean, you know, we did last year. It worked out. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to put that much, um, I guess, in a roster spot. But when you only carry 12 people in the pen because you're constantly kind of turning the back of that rotation or back of that bullpen with, uh, you know, with fresh arms the way we kind of do, that's why we gather – you know, pitchers with options. But, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, outside of Vogelbach and Garcia, who else has power off the bench, really? I saw, you know, again, I think that you want that late inning threat. Um, so, no, I, yeah, I, I, he'll, I he'll, he'll be a va- valuable in that, in that divine role. I just don't know how many at-bats he will get um, overall. And like I said, very few starts probably. Um, but, yeah. Definitely. I mean, he was a middle hitting in the middle of our lineup, and now he's just like a, a bench off, a bat off bench. It just he doesn't seem like guys, this front office. Guys, right, right, loves. Ryan Hilly hit cleanup in a playoff game. Come on. <laughs> that this that this type of front office usually values flexibility, and he's like the opposite of flexible. But I mean, uh, obviously, uh, he can play some first base, so hopefully, he gets he gets in there for some starts because I think. Like you said, his his bat is pretty potent, and hopefully he can excel in a pinch hitting role. So, all right. Well, our, on our next podcast, we're gonna be doing our season predictions. So hopefully you guys can tune in for that um, here right before we kick off the season in a couple of days. So um, th- I think that'll just about wrap it up for this one. As um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add or wrote our Twitter 
handle? Oh yeah, at Brookview uh, One. Yeah, that's us. Um, definitely hit us up on Twitter. Don't look anywhere else. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend because, man, we have a lot of great content. Let me tell you. I was just saying the other day, I was telling somebody to listen to our podcast, and they were like, um, okay, but I don't even like baseball, and I'm not from Milwaukee, and I don't know who the Brewers are. I'm like, well, listen to it anyway. And they're like, it was passable. So if you're looking for a passable podcast, tell yeah. a friend. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, nice. So. You can also email us at brewcrewviewpodcasts with an S at gmail.com. Uh, Scott answers those on a daily basis. Um, and check out our Facebook page as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. But not Facebook. Stay classy, Wisconsin. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Do, 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 do.